Let's look at buy lows, sell highs, fantasy trades, trending ups, trending downs, and Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and with Christmas coming up, don't forget that Santa runs a sweatshop. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code LockedOnNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen or first watch every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. And you know how you become a double banger? Well, you just go and watch it and listen on all platforms. You watch the YouTube, you subscribe on the YouTube, you download the audio, and then you double bang. Who doesn't love a double bang? We're talking fantasy trades. Buy lows and sell highs. Let me give the usual caveat. There are five buy lows on this show. There are five sell highs. That is not the entirety of all the buy lows that exist. That is not the entirety of all the sell highs. Oh, I thought this guy would have been a sell high. Maybe he is. I'm just not going to do every single player. Remember that. Also, you do not have to trade at all. This is especially pertinent to points leagues. And nearly the majority of questions I get about trades tend to be points leagues. You do not have to trade. Have a look at the differences in the, go- in the averages of players. And if you're trading a guy, well, this guy's 36 and this guy averages 35. Should I make the trade? It doesn't matter. Most of the time, that sort of stuff doesn't matter. And this, am I killing the value of this show? Probably. But honestly, most of the times, you, the trades that you make, they're just because you like to do it. Right, I like to make the trades that are going to be solid wins because someone is a misevaluation according to how I value the player. And that's how I like to do it. But just always remember that you do not have to trade a sell-high player. You do not have to get rid of them. You do not have to go and get a buy-low player at all. And if this show is littered with players that are on your roster on the buy-lows, don't worry. We have a fairly strong track record of going like 90 to 100% on the buy-low guys improving. We have like 100%, 90% track record of the sell-high guys regressing. So if you've got a buy-low guy, you feel relatively confident that they are going to get better. That is good for your team. If you've got a sell-high, well, you just enjoy what's happening, but also expect them to drop back down. And that's also, I think, a large part of this show. What can you rely on with your team? What can't you rely on? What can you expect to get better? Because I think we've got a pretty good track record and formula for going through these things and showing how all those things can adjust and change and impact your team. So don't worry that your team is full of buy lows. Don't celebrate necessarily you're full of sell highs. You don't have to do the trades. You can look at it. You consider it. If it's a win, it's a win. Just don't do it for the sake of it. That is one of the, again, it's the Moses Stone template. I'm going to get it up here of the 10 commandments of fantasy. You don't have to do it, right? That's, that's, that's the thing. You don't have to do it. Think about that every time you get a trade. You don't have to do it. You can. You don't have to do it. Let's look at how we went. Week seven, two weeks ago. That's how we like to do it. What's happened in the last two weeks? How has that then moved in the, in the next two weeks? I don't like to look at, hey, what's happened for the first nine weeks of the season um, and judge it on that because people don't necessarily always think like that. Part of the idea of getting trades done is like trying to deal with people who become reactive to things that are happening in the short term and that's where you take advantage. 
right? That's that's how we look at it. Well, this has happened recently, recency bias, short-term attention spans that people can have, sometimes me, sometimes you, it happens, right? We've got to train ourselves away from that, but take advantage of the people who are overreacting to what has just gone down. So two weeks ago, we did this show. Let's see how it went. What's your guess actually in the comments or in the chat? Out of the 10 that we did, how many do you think that we nailed? How many do you think we nailed? We've been going at eight to 10 out of 10 each week so far. Let's see. So our buy low assessment was pretty good. We had Anyeka Okongwu, who was 202nd. He moved up to 114th. I think he still can improve from here. I still firmly believe he's a 12-team category must roster player. Even though we went back to 24 minutes last game with Capella healthy, he still produced okay. It's the elite percentages and hopefully some more block numbers coming in that make him strong in category leagues. The thick hogsman, Tobias Harris, he was on our buy low. And I thought, like, geez, he's actually not actually performing that well. He was still well better. 156th up to 97th. Okay, that's a, that's a W. I think there is, I was going to say there is maybe some room for him to get better from the 97th. But at the moment and the way that he is playing, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much better he gets than that. This one was a huge W, an easy W. Pascal Siakam was 120th and he is 26th since then. That's probably almost swung into the, I think he's too high now but you're not going to be able to get a top 25 player back. The Mark Williams one, he's 116th. He came back, played 20 minutes and hurt his back. So I'm just not going to count one game in a sample size. I've just said he's injured. So at that, at this moment, as a buy low, that's an L, right? Because he hasn't played at all. I still think that it will pay off for you, but obviously in this time frame, it hasn't paid off. And then the Bronco Jalen Williams, he also didn't pay off. Now, did he get worse? Marginally. He went from 118th to 123rd. So the Bronco buy low is still on the menu. It's still out there, but that I'm not going to count that as a win, and I have to count it as a loss. So let's say we win three or five out of those by lows with the Mark Williams injury one, obviously, um, skewing those results. On the sell high side of things, how did we go here? Well, much better. CJ McCollum was 20th. He's now 55th. I actually think he's probably going to drop further than that, but that was a very, very obvious and very easy sell high. Um, or just, again, it's not even about did you execute a trade. It's like, this is just not going to hold. It's going to drop back down. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was 24th. He's 64th now over the last two weeks. I think that's actually going to get worse as well. Uh, Malik Monk was 50th. Still must roster, but he's now down to 73rd. His range is around 100, I think. So he still can get worse from here. Yusuf Nurkic was 56th. He dropped a little bit to 73rd. Not a terrible drop, but still a drop. Um, yeah, I guess if we're going to count that Jalen Williams is an L by moving down five spots, I'll count Yusuf Nurkic as a W. And then the big one, he was Obi Top, and he was 64th, and he's been dreadful since then, 169th um, over the last two weeks since we last did that show, a very clear 12-team drop. He was playing well out over his skis in that time. That was an easy one. If you're able to get anything out of that, congratulations. So in the end, I'll give it an 8 out of 10, with the Mark Williams one being incomplete, but I'll count it as an L. So that's an 8 out of 10 on the buy lows, and I... I think that's a relatively good result. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. We'll get into the week nine buy lows and sell highs coming up. But today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with me at Locked On Fantasy Basketball to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Working the waiver wire is one of the things that's really important for winning a fantasy championship. And eBay and me are going to help you provide players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So who do we look at? With Isaiah Stewart out, amazingly, I I can't believe it, but James Wiseman is putting up pretty good numbers. I have zero faith in James Wiseman, sorry, eBay, being a perfect fit long-term. But if they keep ruling Stewart out, I'm going with Wiseman. That's amazing to say. He is scoring well. 
He's rebounding okay. His blocks are not that, not bad. Um, and the opportunity is there. And so much of what we do off the waiver wire is opportunity. And that's where we're at with Jimmy Wiseman. So if he is available, I, I actually, okay, I can't believe I'm saying it. I actually don't mind a very short-term stream or short-term ad of Wiseman until Isaiah Stewart is out. And honestly, could Wiseman even be better than Stewart? Like that's, I don't rate Wiseman very highly. I also don't rate Stewart very highly, but Wiseman is putting up some pretty strong numbers at the moment. And does that help you win your fantasy championship? Well, it can help get you a couple of categories maybe this week. eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And that actually perfectly describes fantasy as well. And it perfectly describes your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, and whatever it is your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eBay guaranteed fit only available to US customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. That will bring us into talking about the actual buy lows and sell highs from um, this week, week nine. And we are going to start with a gun that I've told you that I was going to start with or was going to have on this show, and that is Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics. It is relatively obvious. There are a couple of other first-round guys we could have included in this, and I didn't, just to give you an idea. Both Kevin Durant and Tyrese Halliburton are outside the top 30 over the last two weeks. I'm not including them, but I am going to talk about Jason Tatum, who is 51st over the last two weeks. He's 98th if you use Yahoo's default um, rankings over the last two weeks. They, they do totals and straight nine cat. 98th, shithouse. He's 23rd in fantasy points, averaging 44. And when you look at the base numbers, they're okay. 26, 8.2 rebounds, 4 assists, all right, fine. 2.8 triples, all right. 0.2 steals is obviously very, very low in comparison to what we expect from him. We don't expect big from Tatum in the steals, but he's at 1.1. We saw 0.9 this season, 1.1 last season, 1 the year before, 1.2. Steals are a frustrating category. We know that. They can vary quite a bit, um, and they are for him at the moment. His blocks are actually up. They're at 1.2. They're at 0.5 for the whole season, so he's got a little bit of a boost there. But what it really comes down to is, why can't this man shoot? 42% from the field, 32.6 from three, and 79 from the line. He's only at 35% from three from the season. He has never been an elite level three-point shooter. He was at 35 and 35 each of the last two seasons, and he is at 35 this season. But over the last five games, he's down at 32. So three percentage points there, that bumps up. Your field goal percentage and your scoring all jumps up. Your three-pointers made all jump up. We know that. What's going on with his free throws? Part of the appeal of Tatum was that yeah, apparently his Iron Man never gets hurt. That will change. But also was like, we are getting strong free throw percentage. In fact, over the last three years, free throw percentage has been either his, no, it's been his second best category in basically every season. Except this season, it's a negative. He went from like 85% last season, from 85 the year before that, from 87 the year before that, to 79 this season. He's at 78.9 over the course of the last two weeks. Sometimes players get worse at free throws. That is possible. I'm not ready to say that about Tatum at this point, but this is what is causing such a big dip. And we know free throw is a multiplier. It It hurts the free throw percentage category, and then it hurts the points category. And we're looking at this a lot with um, minus one rankings in, in in mind. That's what we talk about with head-to-head category leagues. But free throws aren't his worst category. His field goals are his worst category. So I've actually taken that out. And we're still getting that negative from his steals and his free throws. There's just some very easy pressure points to improve. Get the three-pointers up. 
get even four percentage points up on your free throws. The usage probably won't be the same as last season, but you know what? Last season, he was at 32. He's at 30 this season, but he was at 31 the year before that and 29 the year before that. Like, he's not that far away. It's just shooting and a random steal variance. I've introduced this little bit here down the bottom. Again, I'm so like... I am anti-trades as a general thing in fantasy because I just think that people make too many of them. If you could trade or if you could get um, Tatum for a top 25 player, I would do it. But I do not believe that Jason Tatum is a first-round player this season. I, I, th- I've, I had him at about, I think, six or seven um, to start the year. Oh, that was wrong. Like, I had him as a first-round guy. I don't know that he's going back to being a first-round guy. If I can get him for a top 25 player, I absolutely would. And if I can't, I'll just let some other bastard deal with him. I do think there is significant room for improvement here from Tatum. Let's go to Brooklyn. We're actually going to head to Brooklyn twice today, and one of them is with Cameron Johnson because Jono is struggling a little bit at the moment. 166th in minus one rankings over the last two weeks. That's 87th on Yahoo because we know that the turnovers mean so much to Yahoo, but we know that that's actually foolish when you're talking about head-to-head leagues. He's 23 fantasy points, 151st. He's averaging 12 points with four rebounds and two assists. Very middling numbers. 2.3 triples, 0.7 steals, 0.3 blocks. Putrid. Like, not good. That's not putrid. The threes are fine. 43 from the field, 39 from three, 80 from the line. Okay, 39 from three is, is totally okay. So what's actually going on with Cameron Johnson and what can we expect? I expected, obviously, a lot more than this. I was getting him around the 75 mark in drafts, and he is nowhere near that. There are a couple of things that are happening. He's just not playing any minutes. Like, he is down to 28. Well, actually, just read through the other base number. Oh, no, I've read through the numbers, haven't I? He's just not playing enough minutes. 28.4 minutes over the last seven games, 28.9 for the season. Two hamstring injuries have obviously impacted him, but there's just a lot going on. He hasn't hit 30 minutes in the last three games, but the two prior to that, 31 and, or 32 and 34. So he can do it. But they are just benching him at times with Finney Smith and O'Neill there, which is not something I would thought they would, they would do. So I'm a little concerned about that. The other thing that is a bit of a red flag is the usage. And this is the, and we're going to talk about this twice, the Cam Thomas effect. Usage down to 17%. Last season, this man had 23 usage. 23. He was just getting so many shots. But Cam Thomas destroys an entire offense for everybody else. And that, that's, that's a problem. That's a problem. I think that this is, he's at 19.7 for the season. He's at 17 over the last week. I think he pushes back to around that 20 mark. I think that's going to happen and the minutes are going to push up. But one thing that is happening, and he is usually a very good free throw shooter, he has taken five free throw attempts in his last seven games. And he's only hitting 80%. So he's four of five. This guy was at one and a half free throw attempts for the entire season. He was at 2.9 free throw attempts last season at 84%. So taking a pretty strong positive, into like a complete neutral category, which then impacts your points. And then your minutes are four down and your usage is two down and your shot attempts are down from 11 to, actually it was 11.3 last season. He's at 10.7 over the last seven games. It's a lot of it just getting to the line. I don't expect assists or rebounds. I do expect the steals to maybe improve, but also maybe not. 1.2 last season, 0.9 the year before that. I just think that we're going to get more free throw attempts. We're going to get a little bit more scoring. We're going to get better overall field goal percentage. He was 47 last season, and his twos are down at 47% over the last seven games. That is going to increase, and that just bumps everything up, and he turns into a 15-point scorer. Maybe he gets to five rebounds. Maybe he gets to a steal. Maybe he hits 2.7 triples. Maybe he gets to 46%, and there you go back as a top 100 guy. 
there is absolutely no equity in Cam Johnson at the moment, so you don't have to trade anything. You just give your worst guy up, maybe. Chuck your two worst players. I don't think it gets any worse than this. And that's part of what we do in buy lows. Like, does it get worse? Probably not. Let's go to another guy, Jakob Pertl in Toronto. Pertl featured on this show about five weeks ago as a sell high. And that worked out as a huge W to if you sold him high. And now we're on the flip side because the last two weeks have been bad. 131st over the last two weeks, 167th on Yahoo, 133rd with fantasy points, averaging 24. But for the season, he's like 70th. He's 70th for the season. 9.2 points, 7.3 rebounds, 2 assists. Hasn't hit a 3, of course. 0.3 steals and 1.3 blocks. The 0.3 steals might not seem like much, but that's less than half of his season total. He was at 0.9 last season. All right, so that's a big deal. Like that's That actually impacts the way that rankings look. His minutes are also down. 25 minutes a game over the last six. But if you take out the last game where he played 15, he's averaging like almost 26 and a half minutes, which is basically his season average. So that one game, last game, where he played 15 minutes, it's a great time to buy low when someone gets frustrated that he had four points in 15 minutes last game. Then you that skews so much down. He's at 27 a, a game for the last month. I would love for the man that they gave up a loosely protected top first uh, top first round pick and um, paid $80 million for four years that they would play in more than 26 minutes. That would make sense, especially when the backups are precious Achua. But no, Darko's not doing that. I don't know that that's going to change, but what I, I do expect the 25 to jump up, but also... This man is taking no shots, like none. We don't expect big usage from him, but he's taking 4.8 shots per game in the last six. Last season, he was at 8.6. The year before that, 9.8. This season, 6.7. Again, it doesn't seem like much, but that's almost a 50% increase to get it back up to there. The nine points turns into 10 points, 11 points. You get an extra minute or two, you get eight rebounds. The blocks are fine, but they could also stand to go up. You don't care about the free throws. You know they're bad. You drafted him with them being bad. He's just not, not involved. He's not always going to be involved. But again, two field goal attempts last game. The three previous, seven, eight, and six. He's not going to be a guy getting big ones. But he's a 75% shooter. There are just a lot of ways for this to improve. And we've already seen it. He had a top 40 run. To send like a top 120 guy to get him. You obviously need to be punting free throws considering how bad he is there, but there is just so much or so easy for this stuff to improve. One extra shot a game. One, two extra shots a game. That's it. It's not even much. Do that. Two extra minutes, which would have happened had he not played 15 last game. And I don't think you have to give up hardly anything to get Jakob Pertl at the moment. I don't think. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Buying tickets shouldn't be this stressful experience. Why Why should it be? You're going to do something that's fun. You're going to get into watching sports or comedy or theater or musicals, or whatever. That's entertainment. It's fun. But the ticket buying process is annoying. You should take the guesswork out of buying tickets, and you can do that with Game Time with so many different features they have. The all-in pricing, you don't have to guess what fees are getting chucked on. You just see the price and go, okay, cool. Thanks, Game Time. I'll, I'll pay that amount. Versus getting to check out and say, well, here's a transaction fee, a credit card fee, a processing fee, a, um, I don't know, I don't know what other fee, a uh, scam fee, whatever it is. They, ch- they chuck it on there and you have to pay it and you go, well, I guess I've got to pay it. No, all in fees. The price is there on game time. You see it. Plus, also zone deals. You just pick an area that you want to sit and they just choose the seat for you and you can save on average 18% using those zone deal pricing. 
So take the guesswork out of buying tickets on GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create the account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Like I said, we are going back to Brooklyn. I think you can guess this one. It is Mikhail Bridges who has been um, bad. Yeah. For what you expected, he has been bad. 109th in minus one rankings over the last two weeks. 99th in Yahoo. And Yahoo normally glazes Mikhail Bridges because he doesn't miss games and he's low turnovers. Um, But yeah, he's been bad. 29 fantasy points is 94th. You didn't expect that out of a guy that you, hopefully you, uh, hopefully you didn't, but you might have taken him in the top 15. He's, there are some people, honestly, that considered him in the first round, which is was obviously insane. Apologies if you did it, and it's not working out well at all. 19.4 points is actually not that bad, but 3.4 rebounds, 3.4 assists, 2.7 threes, 0.4 steals and 0.4 blocks. He's shooting 44 from the field, 49 from three, and 82 from the line. So this could actually be unbelievably worse if he wasn't shooting the lights out from three. It could be staggeringly worse. Part of the reason that I was down on Bridges was the extra usage that he gets negatively impacts his defensive numbers. And that's obviously the case. We are seeing that. We saw it last season. It is way down. He's at 0.8 steals and 0.5 for the season. Last season, he was at 1.1 steals and 0.7 blocks. The year before, 1.2 and 0.4. He's well down. That might improve a little bit, but it's not really what I'm focusing on here. Um, the efficiency was always going to be something that came down because in his Phoenix days, when he just had no usage at all, he was able to hit 63% from two. Now that he's in a larger role, he can't do that. It's well down. His usage is also down, which, again, is the Cam Thomas effect. Is that a way to run a good team? Probably not, but it's what's happening. He's at 23 usage only. He was at 25 last season. He played two-thirds of the year in Phoenix last season. So I do think that that is going to improve. I don't think that Mikhail Bridges is going to sit at 23% usage. That doesn't seem right. 30 usage, which is what he ran out when he came over in the trade, not going to happen. But 23 is just way too low. He's at 26 for the season. Some of that without Cam Thomas. So I just don't see how an offense will continue to be successful or a team when this guy, who is their best player, is down taking 15 shots per game only and is down at 23 usage, which is almost league average. The other concern that was red flag for me last season was he was shooting these incredible mid-range numbers and wasn't really getting to the rim anymore. But now, not only like was that a problem, but now he can't finish at the rim. He's under 60% at the rim. He was at 64% at the rim last season and in Phoenix the two years before, 77 and 76. His... Um, Getting to the rim a little bit more this season than what he did, which is encouraging. But the numbers are just way down. And that is like 35th percentile, that 60% at the rim. It's not very good at all. But there is still plenty of room for that to be able to improve. But that's part of the reason why he's so down this season is his two-point numbers are putrid. And over the last seven games, he's shooting 41% from two. So while the threes are going to come back down, the twos are going to go up. He was at 51 this season from two. He was actually at 51 last season from two. So... That's not a bad um, estimation of what he can be, a 51 to 53 two-point guy. But at the moment, it is well down. The usage is well down. The defensive stats are well down. And that puts him outside the top 100. I think in buying low, I 
Definitely not giving top 20 or top 30 or top 40 for him. I don't care. That's not a buy low. That's about right value. He may not finish the season as a top 50 player. That's possible. I would still give a top 55 sort of a guy um, in order to get Mikhail Bridges. But again, I am probably lower on him than most. Or I, I was at draft time. Let's go to the Rockets and let's go to Houston. Of course, that's where the Rockets live. It is Alperen Sengun who is downturning at the moment. Is it because of rotation decisions? Not all of it. Not all of it. 83rd in minus one ranks over the last two weeks, 120th on Yahoo, 48th in fantasy points, averaging 17.3, 8.3, and 4.6. 0.3 triples, one steal, 1.1 blocks. 49 from the field, 18 from three. There you go, red flag already. And 66 from the line. So it's not like he's having a big downturn in free throws. That's been a problem for him all season. Um, but that takes that's taken into consideration in minus one. It's the other finishing numbers that are well down. Because we can look at the minutes dropping, and they started, they have dropped. There's no question about that. His um, efficiency numbers have fallen off. Sorry, I meant his minutes have definitely fallen off. But there were some weird foul trouble games in there. There were some weird um, Jeff Green games in there. There's been those extra minutes coming for Tari this season as well. That's not really why I'm super concerned here about Shangun. I'd be concerned about this part of it, right? In the start, we said, oh, Shangun's definitely their best player. I think that might be Fred VanVleet again. Like Fred's playing really, really well. He's dominating at the moment. So it might be back to being VanVleet. But that's a secondary point. Because being the best player or not doesn't impact... Like if they go back to VanVleet as the best guy, Shangun could still shoot better than this. He's only 53% from two. He was at 57 last season. He's at 57 this season. Why can't that get back up? Four percentage points. So then that 49% overall jumps to 50. The scoring jumps back up. He's also at 18% from three. We don't expect him to be a great three-point shooter. We don't. He hit 33 last season. He's at 29 this season. He's just in a ridiculously cold slump. He's hit two threes out of his last 11 attempts. That's it. If that turns to four out of 11, we're not really having that much of a discussion. It's just little things like that. So yes, people might be like, oh man, they're benching him, Jeff Green, which is again, a little bit of a part of it. But most of it is four percentage points off on his twos, 10 percentage points off on his threes, hits you back to 19 and a half points, 53 from the field. You're in business. You're back up. I'd be sending a top 65 sort of guy for Shingun. I think he is a very comfortable top 50 player rest of season. And it's not going to take a huge amount to turn around most of this stuff. Even his free throws, that was 71 last season. I'm not even counting on them going up. They could, but I'm not even counting on it. They could go up even further, add an extra point on a game. And we're set. We're done. We're good. That is the end of the buy lows. We should do some sell highs now because that's the nature of this show. So who is rolling that I don't think will roll? Trey Young. And this is more just to highlight the dominance that this guy is putting up. There were people that were very down on him to begin this season, and he is just killing it. Fifth in minus one over the last two weeks. That's 23rd on Yahoo, because again, the turnovers make it silly. He's eighth in fantasy points, averaging 50, 31 points a game, three rebounds, almost 12 assists, four and a half threes, 0.3 steals and 0.7 blocks. Interestingly, Trey Young's steals are well up this season. He's at 1.3. He's never been that high before, but as we know with steals, they are wild. He's had two steals in his last six games. He's also somehow countered that by averaging 0.7 blocks when his season number is at 0.2. So that's a weird difference. But what's changed here for Trey to make him get better? 
Well, last season, he shot 48 from two. The year before, 51 from two. The year before, 49. Uh, over the last month, he's at 52. He's at 53 over the last two weeks. He's at 47 for the season. Even if we just scale that back to 50, it doesn't seem like much, but three percentage points means a bit. It drops him under 30 points per game. It drops probably his threes down as well because this is a man who's considered an excellent three-point shooter who has never been an excellent three-point shooter by percentages, but he's on a ridiculously hot run. Last season, 34. The year before, 38. The year before, 34. This season, 37.8. The last six games, 44. Drop that by seven percentage points. The 31 a game goes to 27 a game. The 4.53s goes to 3.43s. Um, the steals and the blocks, they flip each other back over. Um, and then we're talking about a guy who is still really good. 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. You grabbed him around the turn, which is actually 100% the right spot. What we look at here is just there is going to be, because he relies a lot on that shooting, there are going to be a lot of fluctuations. So if you can get a top 10 guy who you feel more secure with, uh, Tatum is not that guy. If you feel more secure with that, uh, a top 10 player, that's just not going to be as inconsistent as what Trey is, you do it. This is a crazy hot run that has lasted a month, but it is going to cool off. He, I don't think he's going to be a 44% three-point shooter all the way through. And 53 from two. Well, that's probably got more chance of sticking. So you just try and get another top 10 guy. As much as I, I do like Trey, but there's going to be a lot of fluctuations in his numbers. If I can get a little more stable top 10 player, I go ahead and do it. What about the double royal, Julius Randle? Because he was very clearly putrid to begin this season. Terrible. Terrible. And now he's good? Yeah. 16th in minus one over the last two weeks. That's category leagues. You don't see Julius Randle there in category leagues. 21st in Yahoo. You don't see him on Yahoo ranked that high ever. He's 25th in points. I've never seen a time period, I don't think, where Randall is higher ranked in categories than points leagues. He's averaging 43 fantasy points. 28 points a game, eight rebounds, four and a half assists, 1.4 triples, 0.3 steals, 0.4 blocks. That's all Julius Randall-ish. Scoring with some rebounds, okay assists, disgustingly bad defensive numbers. So what's happened to make him actually come out looking good? It is really, really very simple. He is shooting the lights out. 59 from the field, 40 from three, and 89 from the line. Remember, he started off this season with one of the worst shooting starts that you could imagine. His shooting at the rim was about 4%. It wasn't, but it was pretty putrid. He's worked that back up to 60, which is basically the second highest mark he's had in the last five years. But the fact that he's gone from one of the worst rim finishing starts to a season ever, where he's like, isn't like two of like 20 to begin the season or something at the rim, but now he's up to 60% means that he's been rolling at like 80% over the last week or so. That is a huge difference. And that is probably going to push back down. He is a guy that has taken tons of inefficient spin move mid-range shots in his career. That's what he does. He's at 53% from two this season. Last season, 55. The year before, 46. The year before, 47. The last seven games, 64. 64. That is insane. Like that could honestly, that there could be a stretch here where that drops 20 percentage points. Probably won't, but 10 to 15 very easily. Also, this man we know is a volume free throw guy who hurts you. 76 last season, 76 the year before, 74 this season. He was 81 in, in 2021 season, but now over the last seven games, 87. He hasn't missed a free throw in his last 12. He's 12 of 12, in fact. And that's boosting everything up. 
higher twos, higher free throws, higher scoring, higher field goals, higher percentages. It's There's just nothing that would suggest this is going to hold. If I could get any top 50, top 45 player in a trade for Randall, in a category league, in a points league, he's a top 30 guy without any question, right? In a category league when I'm trading top 45, and also in points leagues, again, when you're trading, you've got the points numbers in front of you for whatever your scoring system is. You can sort of see what they've been averaging all season versus the last two weeks and make an assessment that way. In a category league, I would take a top 50 player back for Julius Randle because there are just some of the biggest indicators you'll ever see. But hold on to that thought as we're 20, 30 minutes into the show because one of the biggest sell highs I've ever seen in my life is coming up next. Can you guess it? It is one of the biggest ones I have ever seen. And I didn't even know that heading into this when I was preparing for this show and I looked at this and went, oh my God, this is, there are red flags everywhere. And there are a lot of celebrations going on about this guy, about the numbers that he's putting up at the moment and how happy they are. That There is, I've never seen redder flags in my life. Shout out Pamplona. Let's look at someone in Washington and his name's Tyus Jones. He is 25th over the last week in uh, last two weeks in minus one. Yahoo ranks him seventh. Mm-hmm. He's only 53rd in fantasy points leagues. What's happening to push him this high? Because again, a lot of people will just default on their app and go, ah, Tyus Jones, wow, he's up to seventh. Okay. He's up to what, 450th for the season or whatever it is in Yahoo rankings. Oh, okay, that must be good. Is it? I mean, it is, but is it real? 100% not. It's not even close to being real. I'm not even going to talk while I am because I'm going to mention it now. I don't think this man finishes the season on the Wizards. I think he's a backup on another team by the end of the season. So that's going to kill you in fantasy playoffs to begin with. He's averaging 14.3 points over the last two weeks, 3.6 rebounds and seven assists. And you go, okay, actually not insane numbers. Not insane at all. Like he could easily do that. He's only averaging 12 points for the year, but he could he could easily get these numbers. Not, not really too much of a question about it, right? 1.73s per game. Okay. It's not bad. It's not high, whatever. 1.9 steals. There you go. There's something where you go, hmm, red flags. 0.9 blocks. Ah, oh, okay. 62% from the field. Hmm. 48% from three. Hmm. 100% from the line. All right, like calm down. This is one of the hottest streaks ever. And I know that sounds crazy, but this. let me give you a couple of numbers. 70% on twos in his last seven games. He's at 60 for the season. Do you want to know what he did the last three years? 49.5, 48.7, 48.7. On this shit show of a team, he's jumping 20 percentage points on his twos. Absolutely not. No way. That is coming down a mile. There is just no way that is holding. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm not even talking about his three-point numbers, which are at 48%. He's at 39 for the season, 37 the year before that, 39 the year before that. He's an okay shooter. He's not that good. And then, again, what floats your numbers up a lot, and this will get, get, get hidden, but it gets always incorporated into the ranks, and they don't weight anything on Yahoo. Last season, those of you on video can see what's, what's coming here. Um, those of you on audio cannot. The last three seasons, Tyus Jones block numbers. Six, two, and six. Total block numbers for the entire season, the last three seasons. Tyus Jones block numbers the last seven games, six. He has a season high, equal season high in block numbers in his last seven games compared to the last three seasons. Interestingly, in the seven games prior to that, zero blocks. 
in those seven, in the 19 games that he played in the season outside of the last seven games, two blocks. This there there is he is not Derek White all of a sudden. He's not Derek White mixed with Steph Curry, mixed with the finishing of Giannis, mixed with the thievery of prime OG Ananobi or current Shea Gildas Alexander. He's just none of those things. Not at all. I'm not even sure this man is a top 100 player this season. He probably is. He's probably like 90th. But if you can get any top 60-ish player, this is I've never seen a streak. I probably have, but like I'm exaggerating because, you know, Hollywood. I've never seen all of these things come together in this way for this sort of a player that is not being talked about at all. It's just a lot of celebrations. Glad I held this guy's dominating. The Wizards have been holding him back. Yeah, but none of this shit is real. Like, none of it. I'm telling you, none of this is real. There is no chance of nearly any of this stuff holding. None. And, you know, I don't take shortcuts on that. I don't know what that was. That was an old Hames paint ad in Australia for those of you who are big fans of paint. The Kerner, Dental Payne legend, Clint Capella. 39th over the last two weeks on minus one, 32nd Yahoo, 45th in points, averaging 15, 12.7 on 1.3 assists. Hasn't hit a three. Cool, you don't expect that. 0.3 steals. That's actually pretty low. He should be better than that. He should be double that, actually. Um, 1.3 blocks. That's actually not too bad. Actually, the 1.3 blocks. No, sorry, 1.3 assists. Two blocks. That's, that's okay. Although, when you consider that, that he averaged 1.3 blocks and 1.2 blocks each of the last seasons, you go, oh, turn that back around, did you? Cool. He's at 61 from the field, but he's at 80 from the line. 80. And while you can be a punt free throw guy and guys can have hot streaks from the line, and you go, well, that's not actually impacting his minus one, all that sort of stuff. That's true. But it, act, it adds an extra point on. It influences the Yahoo overall rankings. The other thing is, is because Jalen Johnson's been out and then DeAndre Hunter was out and they had to play a Kongwu and Capella together, he's playing 31 minutes a night over the last six games. He was down to 28 last game. And I think that's going to start to come back down. He's at 26 for the season. The free throws are 14% higher than... Any, this man was like, I think shot 40% one season from the line. He's improved to like a 65% guy. But there is just a lot that is going to change. And I, I didn't even mention the block. I mentioned it, but I didn't say that that's going to come down because I think it is. He hasn't been this block guy for years. So if I could get a top 60 player for Capella... Outside of the fact that he's had this Achilles problem for three years and hasn't really missed time this year, now he's got a bone bruise that even though he played through, and I don't think he's getting traded, but maybe he is. If I could just cash in anything for a top 60 player here, knowing that there's going to be a drop in free throws, a, probably a drop in blocks, he might lose six minutes, five, six, that's too many, four or five minutes a game. I, I think it's relatively easy. Not as easy as Tyus Jones, but relatively easy. And let's go to my favorite player, the horsecock, Keldon Johnson in San Antonio. I will give Keldon a ton of credit for improving a lot of areas of his game this season because he has without any question whatsoever. He is 60th over the last two weeks in minus one rankings, 51st on Yahoo, 57th in points, averaging 36 a game. He's at 18.5 points, 5.7 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 2.3 triples, 1.7 blocks, 0.3 blocks. Uh, sorry, 1.7 steals, 0.3 blocks. You can see where I'm going here. 44 from the field, 37 from three, 91 from the line. Hang on. 91 from the line. Let me just go back and check my figures. Yeah, that's not him. He's at 77% this season. That's that's okay. 75 last year, 75 the year before that, 74 the year before that. This is a really strong stretch here from the horse. But I, I don't buy it at all. I don't buy it for a single second that he's a 90% guy or even an 85% guy. That is going to come down. Also, part of the issue with this guy over the past has been, where are your peripherals? You do nothing. 
you score and that is it. Last season, 0.7 steals, 2.9 assists. I'll give him credit for improving his assist rate. That has been a genuine improvement that I do think holds. But he's at 1.7 steals over the last six or last six games. 0.7 last season, 0.8 the year before that, 0.6 the year before that. He's at one for the season. Adjust again, steals. We know the story. Now you could counter argue and say, Josh, you always tell us that steals are variable year on year. That is true. So maybe he does go from a 0.9 steals guy to a 1.7 steals guy. That is usually usually unlikely. You don't often see guys go from being really bad to really top of the class in it. What you see is the top guys move back from being excellent to being pretty good. And then the pretty good guys become excellent. That's usually how that change and regression works a lot and that impacts a lot of fantasy value. You don't often see guys who are putrid in this stat become excellent in it. And that's what's happened here to Kelden over the last two weeks. Over the last two weeks, he's had six games, right? Three of them have had zero steals. Two of them have had four steals and one of them has had two. Again, highlighting the weird way that steals work. We work in averages a lot. The fantasy sites display averages. The rankings use averages. But they're bullshit, really, if you don't dig into it to figure out what's going on. Because 1.7 steals sounds good, but two four-steal games? If they're, if they're two steal games, then he's like 30 spots lower already on these weird, low-volume, high-variance stats. If I could trade Kelden and get a top 75 guy back... I would absolutely guzzle it. Take it in so quickly. There is no way that I look at him as this sort of a player because the free throws, the steals, the field goals, they're actually about normal. He's not hitting his threes at any super, super high level. I actually believe in the assists and rebounds. It's the steals. It's the free throws. They are big, big outliers, I believe. And that is five by lows. And five sell highs that we've done. Did you disagree? Do you agree? What other ones do you have? Chuck them down in the comments down below. And of course, why don't you, your legend, become a double banger? You can listen on audio if that's what you're doing. And then jump over to YouTube. Hit the subscribe button when you're there. Hit the thumbs up. Leave a comment. And if you're watching on YouTube, congratulations to you. Leave the comments. We love the comments. We love the chat. The chat's a great place when these shows premiere to get in and chat with a million other people. There's all the regulars in there. Victor's in there. Uh, Bigoted Legend Ricardo's in there. He knows what I mean. Um, Yuri's in there all the time. Angela's in there. Tejas is in there. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of other names. I forget. Wiss is always in there for the live chats. There's so many guys that jump in there and always chatting around. And I know I'm forgetting some people, so apologies if I didn't call you guys out. That's a great place to be to chat about fantasy. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.